0: Love it when it just works. Is it working? I think so.
1: Do you need more volume? Pretty much always headphone volume. All right, that was that number one? Yeah. Good. Yeah, I got perfect. That's great. Maroon fame. Apparently,
0: there's this whole thing where Adam Levine refuses to disclose how they came up with their band name or what it means. Yeah, it was a whole thing on Howard Stern about it. And he says his reason for doing it is not that it's some, you know, weird thing or wild story, but the opposite. It's just that it's so boring. And it's really funny because the longer that goes on, the worse it would be if he actually did come out and say it. And it was just some boring thing. Everyone would be so disappointed. Just keep it to yourself. It's kind of amazing if you think about it, because he found a way to turn a completely unremarkable and uninteresting thing into a whole deal. Yeah. Now I've got all this hype. I'll go ahead and tell everyone right now. This is going to be one of those episodes where the only thing I intend to do is break down to all of the musicians who are listening what Maroon 5 is, why Maroon 5 works, and why you should consider learning as much as you can from Maroon 5 so you don't spend 30 years flailing at an attempted music career while cleaning up the spank booths in the back of a porn store.
1: I already learned a lot preparing for this episode. I. I realized that uh, a lot of my frustrations with Maroon 5 over the years were really just just, you know misplaced. My biggest issue with Maroon 5, if I'm really being honest here, moments of honesty with Mark here, is that um, Really what it comes down to is the fact that uh, every woman I've ever dated and been with probably would have chosen Adam over me if they were given the choice. I care about your feelings, bro. But yes, they would have. Yeah. And I think that's that, that just really, that insecurity really drove me to not like the band. And I, I, today I had this moment. I almost cried where I was like, it's okay to like the band, dude. It's okay to be like, this band is actually awesome. Sure everyone you've ever dated would prefer Adam over you. But that's on me, not on him. I need to grow as a man. And so I did today. I grew as a man because of Maroon 5. Maroon 5 often makes me grow as a man. So you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Uh, You bricked up right now? (laughs) Half, half. We just started talking about Adam and Tyler's got a, a chub. So first,
0: what I would love for anyone who thinks they know and hate what Maroon 5 is I would love for you to go listen to an album called The Fourth World by a band named Kara's Flowers. That's Kara with a K, Flowers. Terrible band name beside the point. You don't even have to listen to the whole album, really. You should because it's good. But for the sake of this exercise, just press play on the first song. It's called Soap Disco. Pretty fucking great, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. That's Maroon 5 when they were all like 20 years old, had barely graduated high school and were essentially trying to be the American version of the band Pulp and doing a good motherfucking job. If you like Pulp or way worse bullshit like Weezer, you at the very least have got to admit that first song rips. The next song slows down a bit, but you get to listen to Jarvis Cocker level hilarious lyrics like Teddy Ruxpin is a whore. From there, the rest of the album is definitely better than nearly all the music you still like
1: from the 90s. I think that's probably so many people's real issue with this band is that Fuck,
0: this is so much better than this <laughs> dumb shit I'm listening to. Oh!
1: Exactly. This actually smokes anything that Weezer ever <laughs> did, but I don't care. I'm just I'm sticking with it. The blue album is so much better than maroon.
0: It's been a while since Weezer came up on the uh, podcast. I don't, I don't remember what the latest news is, but can you imagine just what, what it's got to be like for people who are still out there trying to argue that Weezer
1: was ever good?
0: You don't get it, man. Once, that ban, one time.
1: Yeah, I actually interact with these people still on a semi-regular basis. For some reason, Weezer, of all the episodes we have done, Weezer really sticks in the craw of a lot of people for some reason. You know why. I do know why. You know exactly why. Because they're incels. Because we're right. <laughs> That's right. What we said actually makes sense in that episode. It really just destroys the whole band for a lot of people.
0: Um, still in the 90s, people get pissed at us every time we trash the genre ska. And I'm sure a lot of those same people hate Maroon 5. So when I tell you, That Kara's Flowers was a great band, you need to understand that Aaron from the band Real Big Fish once called Kara's Flowers his favorite band of all time. Mm -hmm. You can go look that up. He is on record as hating his own fans for booing Kara's Flowers when Aaron gave them an opening slot on a tour. There was one night when Kara's Flowers got booed off stage. So later, Real Big Fish covered one of their songs and the crowd cheered. So Aaron said into the mic something like, thanks. That was a song by Kara's Flowers, who you all booed <laughs> off stage earlier this evening. And that's some that's
1: some true shit right there. You're just getting
0: scolded by the singer of your favorite band in real time for being know. an
1: asshole. I wish I was a there. Stupid asshole. <laughs> that's, I mean, getting scolded by a member, any member of Any's any co-band. band is pretty fucking low. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You've reached the probably the bottom of your life. Woo. If you were at that show, that may have been the lowest moment of your entire existence. But I also think that's also a reflection of why this podcast exists, right? Is like, you can just like what you like. And it's really funny to think that like people love this song when it's not by this other band. Yep. But really, it's their song. And the truth is, is that. They were writing music that was probably, no, it was their literal first band, not Maroon 5. Their first band, which is usually the thing that people are like least proud of. Literally their high school band. They right. started the band when they were in high school. A bunch of children yeah.
0: just smoking adult professional major label recording artists. And it makes sense why people dislike Maroon
1: 5 now. Because it's intimidating. Yes, exactly. Oh like, shit, what are these kids going to be like when they're 30? Exactly. These kids are writing crazy, catchy music when they're teenagers. Like, holy
0: shit. So, yeah, these guys were still trying to fight the good fight as Kara's Flowers in 1997. And they did manage to start selling out mid-cap venues in certain markets. But their record label kept sending them on tour with ska bands because that's what was popular at the time. And people who work at record labels are dumb as fuck. Ooh, guitars. I bet anyone who likes guitars will like this because the other popular music at the time was boy bands, not guitars. So you work at a record label in the 90s, you're like, oh, guitars, not guitars. Send them over to the guitars. Mm -hmm. That experience had to be pretty terrible for these dudes. And that's about all it took for them to decide to add another guitar player, change their name, and then revolutionize the face of American pop music as we
1: know it. Laid waste. To everyone in their path. An H-bomb of musical talent. Yeah. Dude, they opened for Rolling Stones. They opened for, I made a whole list. I don't don't really care to look. Radiohead. They opened for tons and tons of bands. I made the Radiohead thing up. And my guess is that all those bands were like, oh shit, we have to. Yeah. That's one of those shows that like, as a headliner, when the opening band puts on a show like Maroon 5 did, you know. These dudes are young, they're good looking, they are catchy and fun, and the whole crowd's having a great time, and then we got to go out there. 155 years old. Then, like 10 years later, Adam Levine caps it off by writing
0: a song with Mick Jagger's name and the fucking title of right. it. Just yes. dunk, dunk, yeah. dunk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which probably has sold more singles than uh, most of the Rolling Stones catalog oh, or something like yeah. that, I guarantee it. How can this band be bad? They sold blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, then Maroon 5 is fucking incredible because they've outsold, I guarantee, almost every single band that you love for fucking sure. On
0: top of that, and we're just getting started here, so buckle up, motherfuckers. Before we get into this, it's <laughs> just going fucking deep. I would just like to point out the fact that after nearly 30 years, three decades of this band making music together and churning out top 40 hits... Maroon 5 does not have one single plagiarism controversy in their entire career. Think about that.
1: Yeah, that's something. We uh, credited Limp Biscuit with having such uh, things too. So I would say uh, kings, they're well, just no like, one's on their level. They're king, so. king level shit. Can you imagine writing the catchiest pop songs on planet Earth with 1.5 billion streams just on Spotify and you s- nobody has come forward ever and said, You stole my shit. When you make songs that get this much
0: airplay, you get sued even if the person suing you is completely fucking out of their mind. If they even smell the hint of an odor that they might be able to get any judge in existence yeah, give you some to money. allow the case to go forward, yeah. they will sue the shit out of you. 100%. That has not ever happened to Maroon 5 because no one has ever even heard something that was close. Because when they listen to it, they're like, shit, I couldn't have written that. <laughs> That's right. They're like, oh, well, fuck me. Without pulling back the curtain on this podcast too far, something that is often misunderstood by a lot of non-musicians and wannabe musicians and musicians who've never really had a significant number of people coming out to see them at shows or reviewing their recorded music or giving any kind of feedback, nearly all musical artists who you have heard of, provided they don't have some sort of mental health issue, could not give less of a fuck about praise or criticism one way or the other. There's a very simple reason for this, which is that if you make music for a long enough time and present that music to the public in concert or on recordings, then you're going to hear the entire spectrum of possible responses to that music. If you're good at singing, some people who've never dedicated their entire lives to listening to and understanding the history of recorded music are going to flip out and say you're the best singer they've ever heard. And another group of people who are always going to hate the sound of your voice no matter what are going to say you're the worst thing they've ever heard. You can only experience this for so long before it all becomes meaningless. Unless you're delusional, then you know you're not the best guitar player in the world. Unless you're delusional, you know you're not the worst guitar player in the world. So having people say to you things you know are objectively untrue just drives home the point that none of them know what they're talking about. Any response to your art is equal to any other response. It all cancels each other out, and you decide to just do things for yourself because it's what you want to do, and that's why you started doing this shit in the first place.
1: Well, if that's the litmus test, I would say that these motherfuckers have arrived they are literally sitting at the top of the heap of what you should try to attain. If you are an artist or a musician, you should literally look at Maroon 5 and go, that's who I want to be. This is the dream. Yes. They make a dick load of money. They write crazy, huge pop hit songs that everyone knows the words to. Even if you're listening to this thing going, eh, fucking Maroon 5 sucks. Well, I guarantee you, you know, the chorus to one of their songs, I guarantee fucking to you because it's inescapable. They have pushed past and pushed through Everyone shitting on them and saying that they suck and Radiohead fans being like, they didn't write OK computers are so fucking dumb. OK, well, they sold more albums and play bigger arenas. Yeah, and they didn't get so. sued by the Hollies. They didn't get sued so. by the Hollies, which you did, probably didn't even
0: know existed. That's the amazing thing about Maroon 5 is one of the most base criticisms that you will constantly hear and this band, someone's saying it online right now is that they are quote-unquote generic, and the implication there is that they are just relying on formulas or tricks that everyone else is relying on. People who do that and have this much success at it get fucking sued. They would not have... All of the money that they earned from it, they would have to add people's names as writers to all this shit. And yeah, they're working with uh, pro songwriters a lot these days, but vast majority of their career, that was not the case. They were just writing all
1: this stuff by themselves. The lack of lawsuits alone is proof that they are not just generic Madonna generic lawsuits. There's so many, a million, so many people that we've covered in this podcast have been sued for copyright infringement because they have straight lifted.
0: There's only twelve notes in music. Yeah, well, Maroon Five figured out how to use them and not get sued. So if <laughs> your favorite band can't do that. Mm. As soon as you press play on the first Maroon 5 album, it's pretty clear what you're listening to, which is a band of dudes who heard NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all that other shit that was being called boy bands, which was terribly produced and schlocky. And Maroon 5 said to themselves, hey, what if there was a boy band that was actually a band and was actually fucking awesome? You can tell that's what it is because they're using just enough of the same boy band vocal treatment on Adam Levine's voice. Absolutely doesn't need the help, by the way, but they're doing it in places like the chorus
1: of She Will Be Loved to signal to the boy band fan base, this is your new favorite shit. I was like, I feel like it's actually really tastefully done. You can tell that he actually can sing and they clean it up in like a really tasteful way. It's as an effect. Yes, there's times, many times, especially in pop music, my God. BTS in particular, or Madonna, where they just fix it so much that it actually just sounds like the computer is singing because it quite literally is. I could be talking like this and the computer will make it sound like I'm singing the words. And it's the whole song. And it's literally every word of every song. Not the case with Adam. He can obviously sing. The talent is there. Yeah, we'll come back to this. But there, he's
0: also like not
1: using autotune at all for most of these songs. That's why, that, I think that's why when you notice it, if you notice it, which most people probably don't, it's so subtle that you're like, oh, this is just kind of tweaking versus making it possible. I think it's purely
0: just so it sounds that way because people are so used to hearing autotune now. I think sure. it's just to give them the sound that they're familiar with hearing. When you listen to his dry vocals, they are insane, insane. Um, Songs About Jane, their first Maroon 5 album, came out the same year as Justin Timberlake's first solo album and does such a better job across the board of every single thing that Justin Timberlake was attempting to do. Listen to the song Shiver and imagine how terrified Justin Timberlake must have been the first time he heard that song.
1: Oh shit, it's all over. Mm -hmm. They're on to me. (laughs) Oh God, they play guitars and they sound like that? Fuck, I'm fucked. Justin Timberlake had a career because of his band that he was in before. Like, If he just launched on his own, Maroon 5 would have (laughs) annihilated his entire career. They would literally be stomping him out of existence. That is a funny alternate timeline to imagine. A timeline in which they just launched Justin Solo and... He never was in another band. Oh,
0: no one gives a shit. And then the second song on the album is She Will Be Loved. I would assume a lot of people probably don't pay attention to Maroon 5 lyrics and they think these songs are about nothing, just like all the other songs on the radio. But no, Maroon 5 has a lot of songs that deal with hard, real-life topics, like She Will Be Loved, a top-five pop song about a woman being abused in a marriage with a music video that makes it impossible for any dumbasses to miss the point. And Maroon 5 backs this up, too. When one of the band members was allegedly involved in a spousal abuse
1: situation, they kicked that fucker out of the band. Something that a lot of other bands are very slow to do or don't do. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maroon 5 definitely has a sense of humor,
0: too. It's not like these are all bum-you-out songs. If you look at the lyrics on most of the songs about Jane album, it's not just a bunch of love songs like people would probably expect from the cover and the title and the vibe of it. It's sort of subversive. A lot of the songs are kind of the point is I fucking hate
1: you a little bit because you kind of screwed me up for maybe ever. I don't know. The actual serious lyrics is such a, it's such a, that is a real fucking talent. It's interesting. I think to sit back and watch people dance at the club and have a good time to songs (laughs) that are really not about what they probably think they are. That is actually kind of a cool thing that people can experience the, uh, the spectrum with Maroon 5. It's like, it has its serious moments but you also want to get up and shake your butt, which is great. Which also I think drives people insane because half the people on the planet are curmudgeon losers that don't like to leave their house. And so Maroon Five's like, get up and dance and have a good time to our music. And people are like, oh fuck you, man! No, I fucking hate you. You guys fucking <laughs> suck. Well, the rest of the world wants to have a good time, so
0: you know. Yeah, the thing you talked about with people dancing to songs with lyrics they don't know or don't understand, a really great environment to witness that phenomenon is uh, weddings. Oh, gotcha. It's some, sure. For some reason, man, 60% of the songs that get played
1: at every wedding are like that. Yeah. you're sitting there like, what the fuck are these people doing? Man? I mean, listen, dude, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're a single female that's attracted to men, this is a great litmus test. Do you like Maroon 5? And if they say, yeah, they're all right. Okay, well, maybe this is a person you should go on a date with. No, my favorite band is Weezer, or I love, I grew up listening to Nirvana. You should run the fuck away. For a lot of reasons. There's depressing, boring-ass fucking people who have no interest in enjoying their life. Maroon 5 fans, or at least people that are willing to listen to Maroon 5, are probably going to be a fun time. This would be a litmus test on your Tinder fucking profiles. Tell me your views on Maroon 5. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt... At YFBSpod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories.
0: I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who
1: aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm-hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away, oh, this person I'm going on this date with his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend, hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah.
0: This is a band that can do funny but they can also do serious and they can also do weird i would imagine most people listening to this have never spent any time watching maroon 5 music videos on purpose at least but you really should because they are weird Mm -hmm. the body count in maroon 5 music videos is way higher than you would expect the director of that movie spun did the video for wake-up call check that out uh, The video for the song Animals has more blood in it than most episodes of Game of Thrones. I mean, this is a band that is it's not generic. You know, pop bands are not doing
1: any of this. Yeah, you would just expect, I guess I would have expected scantily clad ladies. And yeah, a, you know, Robin Thicke, Blurred Lines music exactly, video. That's yes. literally what I was going to say, like to a T.
0: One of the funniest things I found getting ready for this was a thread from my message board. I'm not going to say the name of because it seems to be mainly full of music critics who don't need the attention. Mm. But the thread was from 2004 and it was in response to someone on VH1 saying something like maroon five was a band we'd all be hearing from for a long time to come and all these music critics who are so sure they know what they're talking about were making fun of the person who said that and calling maroon five basically a one-hit
1: wonder who nobody
0: would remember in five
1: years (laughs) that person you should definitely not take that person serious ever Uh. again That's like a career ending mistake, dude. You know, it wasn't, but it should have been.
0: I remember the first time I first heard a Maroon 5. I remember exactly where I was, exactly what I was doing. I was in the back of a van laid down on the seat, sleeping in the middle of the night while someone else was driving. And I was having a hard time sleeping. They were listening to the radio. And Sunday morning by Maroon 5 came on. I had no idea who it was, but I remember thinking, damn. That motherfucker can sing, and I am for sure going to be hearing this band's music on the radio for the rest of my life. And if you didn't know that, you're a fucking moron. 20 years later, Maroon 5 is still at the top of the charts, and music criticism is practically
1: extinct. Music criticism is the fucking stupidest fucking thing. Scoreboard. Sitting around telling people what their fucking tasty music is. You deserve to be fired from your job if you listened anyone who listens to Room 5 and goes eh, a one hit wonder they no one's gonna give a shit in five years listen to him sing you don't deserve an opinion your opinion should be cordoned off to some subreddit that no one reads and it will be <laughs> or, or on Twitter with ten followers and nine of them your mom's alt accounts
0: like I said message board that seemed to be full of nearly nothing but music critics I'm sure none of them have ever stopped and wondered why am I posting on a message board that it only music critics
1: post on dude <laughs> my opinion is the fucking true opinion. Imagine going on there and disagreeing with him being like, you're crazy, man. This shit's probably going to be huge. And they're going to be around for a long time. You would get, you would get nuked. Yeah.
0: If the song Sunday morning was by the band Kwai, at least 75% of the people who pretend to hate Maroon 5 would admit they sing along to that shit. Every time the algorithm happens to serve it up while they're driving
1: home from work. This is truth for every 90% of Maroon 5 songs. If your favorite band sung these songs the best song ever fucking written. Exactly. If you just changed the name to not Maroon 5, like any band. You could change the label on Sunday morning and just
0: ha- like scratch out Maroon 5 and write quai and people would jizz. If you could take
1: the vocals and make it sound, some other person was singing it. I'm sure we can do Tom that. Tom York was singing it. I guarantee you more than half the fan base. Wow, man. I didn't know they could write a song like that. I guarantee you 100 percent, dude. If someone told you the song Secret was a
0: collaboration between one of Amy Winehouse's little brothers and Tricky, you wouldn't doubt them for a second. But it's by Maroon 5. So you hate it. Right. That's exactly right.
1: People are going to go, Tricky? Who the fuck
0: is Tricky? You should look it up. Yeah, find that out. Google that. Definitely. Actually, go back to that Jamiroquai thing for a minute, because I think Maroon 5 really leaned in to a Jamiroquai influence on their second album. And in my experience, Jamiroquai is one of those one hit wonder bands that 90s nostalgists are currently trying to rehabilitate. And I'm not saying those people are wrong. Jamiroquai is rad. Yeah. But if those same people do not also defend at least the second Maroon 5 album, then they are being hypocritical at best, willfully
1: dishonest at worst. Yeah, probably willfully dishonest.
0: And just like the boy band references on songs about Jane, it's not like Maroon 5 is putting out a carbon copy generic print of something that already existed. They are showcasing the best possible version of a new thing, a new type of call it a neo funk band. If you want to, you may not like what this thing is, but it is the best possible version of what that thing sounds like. Listen to the bass riff on the song Kiwi. These guys are not cosplaying as a neo funk band. They are laying it down. If you want to talk shit on that song while praising a band like Miami horror, then you
1: are just making yourself look like a fool. I always think that's really, really fucking weird is when people are like, I hate this, but I like that. That's the same fucking thing. It's just not cool or it's not as cool as whatever you've decided, whatever someone you trust says is cool. Pitchfork said this version of the pop band was cool, but this version is not. This one's doing it better
0: yeah i I don't know why people are not why is able to sports mentality it's favorite team oh, bullshit no you know? you're right that's true like if, yeah. if some team that is your team's rivals they get the best player in whatever league of whatever sport you're talking about is you're just gonna find any way you can to talk shit on that yeah. because you're a fan of your team that's why i hate sports sports shit logic goes out the window facts and reality go out the window because the bears It's true. The instrumental outro on that Kiwi song goes hard, by the way. And if you're not worried that you may like it, then just go listen to it. Just go check it out and see. What have you got to lose? What are you worried about? What would it actually mean if it turns out that you like Maroon 5? Do you have to uh, go into the Witness Protection Program, change your name,
1: never see your family again? Who gives a shit? Yeah, acknowledging that you like Maroon 5 is really probably the most masculine, tough, I'm willing to admit this, thing you could do. Embrace it, man. I get it. You don't like it because you're not Adam Levine, but that's okay. There's only one. There's only one Adam, and you're not him. So I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. I could see not liking
0: Adam Levine's voice, but A... That's what his voice sounds like. I've heard him impersonate other singers. So, yeah, we know he can do other things with his voice, but I'm sure he'd feel like a total dickhead for faking some other singing style instead of doing what comes naturally to him. Sure. And B, what comes naturally to him happens to organically sound a lot like what other singers have to do to their voices with computers to make them fit into the electronic sounds that are popular in modern music. Tommy York. He can go so high with his voice. It almost sounds like he's being pitch shifted at times, like Tom York often does. But Adam Levine is not being pitch shifted. And if you don't know how to tell when you're hearing autotune or not, which probably a lot of people don't know how to tell, go to the YouTube channel Wings of Pegasus. If you care about music, you've probably seen this guy pop up before. He is the, I believe, British dude with long, straight black hair who plays guitar and it's a killer channel if you like watching someone break down music with technical analysis, show you why you like this chord progression and analyze recordings. So shout out to that dude, Wings of Pegasus. He has a video about Adam Levine's use of autotune. I think what a lot of people believe they're hearing as autotune in Maroon 5 songs is just when Adam Levine uses multi-track to record multi- multiple vocals. It's which just layering. We have talked about a ton on this show. Big difference. How Almost everyone does this. Instead of having background
1: singers, they they double their own vocal parts. Oh, dude, that's got to be one of the most common things in all of music.
0: a lot of people use it as a crutch. Adam does it because he just fucking can, and it sounds awesome. And I think a lot of people get that confused with autotune because it sounds too... Perfect. He's right. he's such a good singer that people hear that and go, oh, he's just using a computer to do that. He's definitely not. You can go watch that guy's YouTube video and it'll lay it all out for you. Whenever auto tune is used on Adam's vocal, it is as a textural effect. It is to make it sound a certain way just because they want it to sound that way, not to fix off pitch singing or to prop up a lack of range. Dude has range and dude has pitch control. He Got can hit the notes. Crazy range smashes those notes it's stupid one weird thing about adam levine's voice is most people's voices tend to deepen they get lower as they age his voice seems to have gotten way higher over the years and i don't know if this is him meeting the trend i just mentioned of people using pitch shifters for high robotic kind of vocals or if it's just what's happening to his throat naturally but it's Pretty wild to hear how his voice just keeps getting higher and higher.
1: It gets so insane that I actually had to look it up too. damn, does he really sing like that? That crazy falsetto like highness that most people can't do? Holy shit, he's actually doing it. That It blew my mind. I think the v- song that the guy does the video on is She Will Be
0: Loved. And he's really good at pointing out the difference. And he throws up uh, visuals of like analyzing the wave so you can see right where it hits. Or it's, it's not a wave, it's a pitch chart. You can see right where it hits. I think it's the v- choruses that they use auto tune on. And then the verses, Adam is doing crazy shit. And it's not auto tune at all, not even a little bit. So, yeah, there's that. You know how every few years that video of Prince playing a guitar solo on "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" at the thing with Tom Petty and Danny Harrison, yep, and everyone who didn't know that Prince plays guitar on his songs goes nuts over it. Wow, well, mm. I had
1: no idea he could play guitar. Whatever, you're an idiot. <laughs> you, my <by laughs> God, not a you don't deserve. <laughs> p- you should delete music out of your life.
0: It's not exactly the same thing, but I would (laughs) love everyone listening to this or watching to take the time to go look up Adam Levine performing Prince's song Purple Rain at the Howard Stern Sirius XM Birthday Bash. First of all, he's nowhere near as good of a guitarist as Prince. Almost nobody is. Adam Levine is not a guitar god or anything like that, but I promise you are not ready to process the guy you think Adam Levine is playing lead guitar on Purple Rain.
1: You're just not ready for it you should also just listen to adam levine on howard stern because howard stern really likes him and the interviews are actually really entertaining and they're really good you can actually tell that like howard who's and mark a, hates band interviews by this time uh i, I avoid them like the
0: play i can't remember what episode you talked about it in but by the, by the time this one comes out that one will have come out so people
1: know this about you at this point mark fucking hates band interviews Don't want to know why anybody wrote any songs that they wrote. I don't want to know anything about the people that I listen to. I don't care. I fucking hate band interviews. But I listened to the Howard Stern, Adam Levine interview, and I was like, man, you could tell that Howard actually really likes him. Anyway,
0: Maroon 5 worked with Mutt Lang on their third album. At this point of hosting this podcast, I'm starting to believe the only person who should make albums with Mutt Lang is named Shania Twain. The title track, Hands All Over, is easily one of the worst things you'll ever hear, let alone that Maroon 5 recorded. It sounds like a terrible version of the Eurythmics ripping off Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar on Me, mm. which Mutt Lang produced. So, clearly is, his fault. Clearly it, it this guy's fault. fault. And, and Mutt Lang, for heard that name in forever. Dude sucks. I've got to assume that putting Lady Antebellum on a song on the third album was also Mutt Lang's idea because his lady a bro lady a fuck those people for that. We fuck don't have it. time. We do not have time for that sidebar. I fucking hate that <laughs> lady a bro. Oh, I'm so <laughs> mad about that right now. Um, I got to assume that having them on a song was Mutt Lang's idea because of his tenure in country music and because Maroon 5 usually has much better taste in collaborators and Lady Antebellum happens to be unlistenable garbage. That third album pretty much bombed. Maroon 5 stopped working with Mutt Lang and instantly became a good band again. Yeah. Shot straight to the top of the charts. Oh, it was ridiculous, the comeback on this band. People started to think that they were going down, down, down. But Also, their, their collabs got much better. I get that a lot of people who listen to this show probably do not spend a lot of time in nightclubs because who wants to fucking do that? And this episode in particular, I'm sure, is not going to have a lot of the nightclub crowd watching it. I do happen to find myself in a nightclub every now and then. And I'll tell you right now, when a Maroon 5 song comes on in the middle of the rest of the bullshit that's currently popular, it is such a breath of fresh air. It's like someone started pumping oxygen into the room. When one of these songs comes on in the middle of a set of what sounds like nonstop Chainsmokers songs, Mm -hmm. you will be like, wait, why am I suddenly in a better mood? Do I like Maroon 5? Yes, motherfucker, you do.
1: Again, it just encourages people to have a good time. You know what having everyone having a good time leads to? Smiling and laughing and getting laid. Fuck yeah, this is
0: awesome. And then all of that stuff is the reason why people who go to nightclubs to do all those things don't actually tune in to the music that much. They're not zeroed in on the music. They're looking at the girl's ass who they're going to try to take home later that night. So that's how you end up with pop music that is dog shit like Chainsmokers songs. You don't fucking care that there's a Chainsmokers song playing because there's a 6 out of 10 chance that you're getting laid tonight, dude. So you don't know why they don't play
1: Weezer songs in the fucking (laughs) club. That's very true. Exact opposite will happen.
0: So what you get is a lot of bands who know that they don't have to try very hard because they're just making music that is the soundtrack to people trying to get laid. Maroon 5 is going the extra a mile for you. They are not pumping out bullshit chain smoker songs. They are trying. After that third album, um, Maroon 5 entered the zone and Every album they put out has an average of maybe two bad songs on it, which is not a bad batting average at all. (laughs) Dude, in a time when nobody puts out albums, that's incredible. Aside from the songs Lucky Strike and Tickets, the whole album Overexposed is good. Songs like Lady Killer, Payphone, Fortune Teller, Doing Dirt. These songs are not going to change your life, probably, but not all music needs to change your life. You physically, functionally cannot Walk around having your mind blown all day, every day by whatever in your headphones. You can't do life sometimes. You just need music that you want to listen yeah. to. That's that's going while you're doing other stuff. And this is really, really good
1: music for that. Did you know that? I mean, you do know this, but just the act of smiling—if you're sad or you're just you're depressed—just the act of smiling, yeah. even just forcing yourself to smile, triggers this part of your brain, and you will legitimately feel a little bit better maroon five is going to do exactly that for you if you don't even have the guts to smile for some reason throw on some maroon five you're gonna smile and you're going to literally feel better music to feel better too
0: Maroon 5 is better than anything else you're going to hear while you're waiting in line in a nightclub for some overpriced cocktail and wondering why the bartender is still talking to a guy like me down at the other end of the bar. Again, if the song Sad was by Amy Winehouse instead of Adam Levine, everyone would talk about how incredible it is. And it would probably have won a Grammy Award. But Adam Levine looks like the guy who fucked all the girls you wanted to fuck in high
1: school. So nobody takes him serious. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true, dude. So many people just don't take the band serious because of him, because of their own insecurities.
0: The fifth Maroon 5 album should have been given every rave review that went to Daft Punk's overrated random access memories. If you've never heard the song, it was always you. Make sure to check that bitch out because you'll be singing it for a week straight. Sixth Maroon 5 album, same thing. Right out of the gate, the opener, best for you, is probably the most Marvin Gaye-influenced pop vocal of the year 2018. When was the last time you heard a singer on pop
1: radio and thought to yourself, damn, that dude has definitely listened to a ton of Marvin Gaye? People will be like, Arcane Fire didn't win a fucking Grammy. The whole thing is fucking rigged. You should be going, why doesn't Maroon 5 win a Grammy for every single album they've ever put out since they started it as a band? Well, then you know it's actually fucking rigged. If you can forget
0: how many times you've heard the song Girls Like You and listen to it on a pair of good headphones while pretending you're hearing it for the first time, I don't know how any musician wouldn't be impressed with how perfectly that song is produced. Every individual track is recorded 100% exactly correctly. The synth sounds they're using are all awesome. But if you find that little mental exercise impossible, then just listen to the next song on the album, because the same thing applies. It's called Closure. And the only reason you haven't heard that one before is because it's 11 minutes long, which is way too long to be a single, even though it fucking rules. And it's really annoying that a ton of people who aren't even listening to these albums before complaining about them. We'll say Maroon 5 used to be a real band who played real instruments before they sold out. When Maroon 5 literally put an 11-minute chill Santana-ish jam on the end of an album in 2018, not even a rock band
1: would do that in 2018. Maroon 5 did it, so fuck you. I bet you any amount of money that a majority of people that hate Maroon 5 because they fucking suck have never actually listened to a Maroon 5 album. They've only heard The singles that are on the radio, that's it. They've never actually taken the time to listen to a Maroon 5 album, set aside their fragile little egos, and say, well, this is actually really fucking good.
0: Has anyone who complains about Maroon 5 not being a real band gone to a Maroon 5 show? Hell no. Have you even put in the bare minimum of effort to know what you're talking about by watching live footage on YouTube? If Maroon 5 isn't a real band anymore, then what are all of the people standing on stage doing? What are they doing? They're right there. They're, they have instruments in their hand. They're playing them. I guess people who don't like hip hop just hear the hip hop sounds. Maroon 5 is currently incorporating. And, you know, who knows all the reasons that they don't like hip hop. But as soon as they hear those sounds, it's just automatic. Oh, fuck this. And they don't understand that those sounds that they hear in hip hop can also be produced on regular instruments. It's the sports thing, man. Like people just lose the ability to process
1: facts. You're still guitar on all of these songs. I know. I don't understand that. This is such a weird fucking thing to say. It doesn't even make sense. There's still a band.
0: It's really almost like as soon as they started having rappers do guest spots on yeah. songs and on remixes of singles, that's when the, they're not a real band shit really kicked off. So again, you can
1: fill in the blanks and do your own math there. But well, I'm sorry. Well, Nicki Minaj doesn't want to play in a Radiohead song
0: would? I would fucking love, you know how they have those uh, the reaction videos where they play, yes. they play music for little kids who yeah. weren't alive when the shit came out and they have them react to it. We need whole genre of video like that, but it's modern rappers listening to deep cuts from shit that Pitchfork gave a 10, oh, God. 10 out of 10 review to yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago late 90s, early 2000s, Pitchfork, 10 out of 10 I'll reviews, that. play that shit for rappers, please. Actually, fucking never mind, so because stupid. that'll put us out of a job
1: immediately, because they'll definitely be better at roasting that they'll, shit. They'll, that we, they'll, they'll roast them way harder than we oh. possibly can get away with. Oh somehow. my god, it would be murder. it would be a fucking bloodbath. Speaking of
0: rappers, um, when Maroon 5 started incorporating hip-hop, because that is the only mainstream genre of music that still matters, they didn't just pivot to rapping themselves and pretending like that is normal and is okay
1: they have actual rappers come do guest spots on their songs and remixes yeah which is so much better i hate when bands are like oh rap or whatever the genre is is really popular at the moment well we'll just do that no because that's not what you are let's let the people that are good at that variety of music yeah. come on and do it better than you get outside your bubble again yeah. a, a completely alien concept to people whose favorite band
0: is some insular anti-social collaborate they'll find out i don't know how to play
1: my instrument <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can't have him play on this well so, uh, oh. he can out shred me he's way better at he me. will know that i suck they'll know that i blow up my
0: music Maroon 5 also clearly have discerning taste when it comes to selecting these rappers. They are not just picking whoever happens to be famous in the mainstream. They're going after the cream of the crop. Cardi B on Girls Like You. Megan Thee Stallion on Beautiful Mistakes. Wiz Khalifa on Payphone. Future on Cold. Nipsey on Memories. Kendrick on Don't Wanna Know.
1: The thing about the band, too, is I feel like their collabs are awesome. Really a variety of people. You know what I mean? Like, it checks a whole lot of boxes. It's hip-hop musicians pop artists there was even an interview where uh, uh adam levine said that he was worried that that rock music was dying and that bands were going away like, no well, he tweeted that and everyone got fucking mad at him yeah,
0: but he was talking about the mainstream and he was right. right i just thought that was
1: so bizarre
0: he wasn't saying rock bands don't exist right. he was just saying like they're not on the cover rolling stone
1: and they're not unless they're fucking 70 years old in 2022 what fucking bands are on the cover i don't know Rolling Stone still exists. But no, like, very few bands. Nobody fucking cares about bands. What he said was true. And it is a bummer because he actually cares about rock music and music and not just solo artists, which is what dominates the world right now. By far, the biggest musicians are solo artists. Hey, it would be cool if bands existed again. Wow, Adam, I fucking agree. It would be cool if bands existed again.
0: When Maroon 5 did the Super Bowl halftime show and displayed for the world what an actual real band looks like they brought out big boy go back and listen to the outcast episode of this podcast if you want to hear us explain why big boy was always the underappreciated half of outcast and of course that is who maroon 5 brings out here look remember the dude you didn't give enough credit to super bowl halftime show how do you hate
1: that yeah, yeah. you hate it because you can't they hate us because they ain't us Anyway,
0: uh, most recent Maroon 5 album, all of the critics collectively decided to pan it. But when you read the reviews, every single one of them is based upon the premise that a top 40 pop band should be doing something besides making top 40 pop music. It's just, it's, it's insane. My, like you're, you're reviewing
1: no. an album that nobody was trying to make for you. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. I can't believe this metal band put out another. You <laughs> wouldn't do it. The thing is, Goofy's, you wouldn't do it with any other genre. You wouldn't ever say metallica put out another heavy metal band fucking album what the fuck dude no one would say that no one would ever say that about any other genre of music maroon five puts out an album that's got bangers top to bottom i can't believe they put on another fucking pop album well no shit dude what the fuck did you expect a fucking slayer cover album all of a sudden now they're playing speed metal like what the fuck i would listen to it i would be like oh my god that it would probably be great adam levine doing black metal i'm into it but like probably great it it would be that would be more shocking to me than them putting out another pop album i just imagine all these critics putting on
0: headphones and going this doesn't sound like led zeppelin at all (laughs) two stars (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs) this is not okay computer at all dude (laughs) have you even listened to led zeppelin for this isn't even close Guys, it's fine. You're
0: old. You're not going to be young again. And all indications point toward you never again meeting any definition of the word cool. The world is passing you by. You don't get it. You're not going to get it. So the least you can do is shut the fuck up about it because nobody else cares. The album's fine. Everyone who wishes grunge was still popular is going to be in a bad mood no matter what the fuck pop music sounds like. So screw them. In 25 years, there's gonna be a huge reevaluation of Maroon 5. And it's gonna be great because everyone who hates them right now is gonna be so confused. If your favorite band is Maroon 5. Fuck
1: yeah, man. Fuck yeah.
0: You are welcome for another fact-filled episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. We don't make as much money as Maroon 5, so if you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Share the episode with your friends and enemies. And if you become a fan of the show after checking out some other episodes, then go pick up some swag at shop.yfbspod.com. We did have to interrupt our planned schedule to get this emergency message out there. So for those of you who were looking forward to the sunny day real estate episode, sorry, but if you're honest with yourself, then you know that almost nobody else was going to care about that, which is why when the podcast returns, it will be with an episode on the Jimi Hendrix experience.